Blessed is the one who loves your word. Your ways are his delight. He knows that he needs it. He sleeps and breathes it, thinking on it day and night. Welcome to the Christ in Canon podcast, where we seek to think about biblical passages and themes with all of Scripture in mind. We hope this podcast will stir your delight in Christ and your confidence in the Word of God. My name is Mitch Chase. And I'm Justin Schell, and we want to welcome you to this episode of Christ in Canon. And Mitch, uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about that big question, what is biblical theology? And since we are a biblical theology podcast, we should probably have a, a good answer. Yeah, that's not a question we want to dodge, is it? We just want to take that head on. We want to take it head on fearlessly, my friend. And um, and this is a big question that there is some debate about, actually, and quite seriously. Uh, mm-hmm. This uh, phrase, biblical theology, goes back several centuries in use in different languages. Um, in our English-speaking uh, resources, um, it's being used a lot. And, and so when we come across this phrase, you know, you, you, you realize, well, not everybody means the same thing by mm-hmm. the phrase biblical theology. What are we trying to get at? And uh, so spending an episode reflecting on this is going to help our listeners because uh, it's going to show more of our cards on the table. Like, where are we coming from? What exactly are we trying to accomplish here? What have our listeners gotten themselves into? And uh, so we want to we want to give uh, some transparency there. Um, w- one way I, I I think people try to get at this question is uh, by thinking most basically is biblical theology simply theology of the Bible, just taking those words and, and moving them around a bit in their mind. Well, Ooh. it is indeed reflection on the Bible. It it is. Uh, uh, the idea of trying to discern and and to pull out understanding and teaching from the scriptures. But uh, we don't just mean that biblical theology is a theology of the Bible. We've had a host of people that have influenced you and me, Justin, over the years. They've been very helpful in giving us some definitions and descriptions. And uh, so what I think would be helpful is if we mentioned what these are, thought about some of these names and definitions, and uh, reflected on them together. Um, I want to bring up this guy, uh, G.K. Beale. Uh, Greg Beale has uh, multiple resources that are going to help us talk about biblical theology. Here's a quote. It's from his book, The Erosion of Inerrancy in Evangelicalism. And Greg Beale says, a biblical theological approach attempts to interpret texts in the light of their broader literary context their broader redemptive historical epic of which they are a part, and to interpret earlier texts from earlier epics, attempting to explain them in the light of progressive revelation to which earlier scriptural authors would not have access. Now, that's a long definition from Beale. That description, that definition, uh, one of the things that stands out to me immediately is that here we're trying to do biblical theology by looking at something in light of what's bigger. So Mm. we're thinking about parts in light of the whole. Mm. We're thinking about how parts contribute to the whole. We're thinking about how later scripture helps us with earlier scripture. Mm. Uh, Beale's definition gets at that. And he uses important hyphenated uh, phrases like a biblical theological approach or Mm. a redemptive historical epic. Uh, so what do you think about that definition, Justin? What, what is, uh, what's Beale uh, trying to get at from, from your understanding? And is he on to something? Yeah. 
Give, give me those three uh, contexts again, literal, redemptive, historical, and... Yeah, biblical, theological. Biblical, theological. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I love those as, as categories because the, the literal, we, we found that, um, and, and we talked about this in the previous episode, it's so easy to read the Bible if we, if we were raised in Sunday school, for instance, as if it's this, these disconnected stories. And so God must just be trying to teach us little morals from them. Um, but if the Bible instead is more like a novel than, than Aesop's fables, um, then it is a, there's a literary character yeah. to it. And it is, a good story has a beginning. A good story has an end and great stories have amazing climaxes, right? That, that, that and the Bible has that, um, a, a beginning and end and a climax at the cross that, uh, that can't be beat. And so, uh, I, I think those three categories relate a little bit, uh, because the story is a redemptive historical story. It, it has a biblical theological nature to it. Um, but I like, I like Bill's, uh, definition, I, 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 um, I, I've got one here for you. I like these street level definitions, if I can, if I can call it that. So this is, a, um, this is Brian Rosner from the uh, uh, Dictionary of Biblical Theology. And uh, he actually has a longer one as well. This is his, he's trying to give us a street level definition. Um, biblical theology is what the Bible teaches about God and his dealings with the human race. Um, and so try, oh, okay, that's what, that's a little bit of what Beal means when he says, it, well, there's this literary, redemptive, historical, biblical, theological context. Uh, I think Rosner captures that by saying it's the, this big story of what, of what God is doing from creation to new creation or from uh, all of his dealings from Genesis to Revelation with, with the human race. When you mention the um, definition from Rosner, it's just making me think about how the Bible is God's revelation of himself. So what we're studying, there is not just a human authorship we're wanting to explore, is it? We're, mm -hmm. we're looking at interconnected texts. We're looking at a unity of two testaments that are from the hand of God. He has inspired by his Holy Spirit, these 66 books. And so God has communicated about himself to his human creatures. I mean, that is just absolutely stunning. When we, when we lean back and we realize this is what we come to when we come to the scriptures, the revelation of God, um, that's thrilling in itself. And being able to study this and to try to trace the various developments and trajectory from Genesis forward, um, we're trying to be faithful readers of scripture that we know is God's revelation of himself. I really do appreciate that definition from Rosner. There is this um, definition from uh, Matthew Emerson uh, that I want to incorporate here. Uh, this is from a, a blog he wrote on biblical theology. And Matthew, uh, here Matthew in Emerson. He's That's right. Moment just down the road. The very one. That's right. And uh, Emerson says, biblical theology gives us the context for interpretation, which is the whole Bible and its story. Biblical theology gives us the object of interpretation, which is Jesus Christ. Biblical theology gives us the goal of interpretation, 
which is transformation into Christ's image. So what I love about that definition is it talks about the context for interpretation, which is the whole Bible. The object of interpretation, we're trying to exalt Christ and see how it testifies of him. But what's the goal of beholding the object of interpretation in that canonical context? Emerson is so clear. It's transformation. What are we trying to do as readers? We're wanting to study the word of God that we might be true worshipers of the living God. Rosner's right. God has communicated himself to his human creatures. And Emerson is right on. The goal of interpretation, therefore, is that we might embody all that God has designed us to be. I don't want to just think about biblical theology in an academic sense. I want to I want to mull over this task so that in the application of it, we can do biblical theology with the goal of submitting ourselves to God, that in coming to know him and in coming to rightly understand his word, uh, we are going to be conformed to the image of Christ. I really appreciate the way Emerson uh, breaks that down. Uh, do you have another definition for us, Justin? Well, I was just going to say what 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 you were sharing there um, is, I mean, that's Second Corinthians 318 right that it's that's absolutely right christ he is he is the content he is the the center and beholding christ we are transformed from one degree of glory to another and amen um, and and i think christians wonder how can i behold christ how how do i do that and i think biblical theology is one of the top if not the top ways tools um tool even makes it sound dry or, or a little sterile but one of the one of the pathways we have to behold Christ in all of scripture and so I love that um get a little shout out to Christ in canon there from uh, from Emerson uh <laughs> yeah that's wonderful um may, maybe I'll share one more uh as well so this is from uh, Graham Goldsworthy if uh, if our listeners don't know Goldsworthy's Australian. Uh, he's got a number of great books. Um, maybe According to Plan would be a place to start, or um, uh, the, the Goldsworthy trilogy is now uh, a combination of three shorter books combined into one. But he says this in According to Plan Biblical theology is a means of looking at one particular event in relation to the total picture. This hmm. total picture includes us where we are now between the ascension of Jesus and his return at the end of the age. And biblical theology enables us to see ourselves in relation to the far off events in the, in the biblical narratives to uncover our relationship to a particular event is to uncover meaning for us. And just, um, he, he finishes by saying, this is a way of understanding the Bible as a whole so that we see the plan of salvation as it unfolds step by step. It is concerned with God's message to us in the form that it actually takes in Scripture, uh, and, and I, you, you, you don't often get definitions that are trying to help, help me understand. Well, where, where do I fit in to biblical theology, or what's my relationship to biblical theology? So I appreciate um, Goldsworthy situating us there uh, in these latter days, or in between Christ's two comings, and uh, to understand we are somehow in this story we are a part of this unfolding drama um, in, in the church age we the church um, this is our story and we're invited to live in it and live out of it 
And that's one that, that I really enjoy some of the aspects that, that Goldsworthy pulls out. In his this definition. makes me think of uh, a, a definition from, uh, from Jim Hamilton that he has put in print in multiple spots. And um, this will be worth considering as well. He says that, well, he asked the question, what is biblical theology? The phrase biblical theology is used to refer to the interpretive perspective of the biblical authors. What is an interpretive perspective? It's the framework of assumptions and presuppositions, associations and identifications, truths and symbols that are taken for granted as an author or speaker describes the world and the events that take place in it. I like that definition because the biblical authors, as Hamilton rightly notes, are helping us see the world as it truly is. They are describing through their variety of assumptions and the variety of symbols they employ and the various propositions they advance. They are helping us understand reality. If we're going to do biblical theology, then we we're going to want to adopt the perspective of the biblical authors. And uh, Dr. Hamilton has been a mentor in this field for me um, for many years now. And I've loved learning from him on this subject. And I've heard him say this so many times over the years. It's simple and profound at the same time. The biblical theology is essentially wanting to embrace the perspective of the biblical authors. What is it that they're saying about God and how are they saying it? How is a later biblical author reading the Torah? How is David understanding Moses? How is the prophet Isaiah using Deuteronomy? How, you know, so you, you see these biblical authors speaking together by the inspiration of the spirit in their writings. And um, I love that idea of the biblical authors helping us to see things as they truly are. It's uh, it makes me think of Chronicles of Narnia. You know, you go through the wardrobe and you go into Narnia where, where all of the, the conditions and circumstances and, and colors and feel the whole thing is different from what was just inside that wardrobe moments earlier. And um, you're going into a whole new world. And to engage in the pursuit and application of biblical theological work. I, I think it's analogous to that, Justin. I think it's it's like going into a world of beauty and wonder where you can rejoice and have others come along with you to behold what is indeed reality, what's truly the case. And um, uh, biblical theology is uh, paradigm shifting and world shaking like that. It's like entering through the wardrobe and you don't want to go back. You want to be able to enter into this new vein of thinking about the Bible. Uh, Dr. Hamilton's book, What is Biblical Theology? Unpacks these ideas published by Crossway and um, and then other articles over the years. I remember uh, you mentioning earlier uh, Graham Goldsworthy's book and his trilogy, in fact, um, are there other books that you feel like our listeners should get a hold of in their own journey in the subject? Yeah, there's there's so many. And I, I think we'll probably mention many along the way in, in episodes. But if we're talking about I'm new to biblical theology, where's where's some place some places I could start? Um, one of the a, a book that it's been out for a while, but I just read this year is the little nine marks book, biblical theology, um, mm-hmm. uh, Roark and, um, it'll come to me here, uh, Klein, Nick Roark and Robert Klein. 
And one of the things I really like about it is, is it stops along the way and says to a pastor, hey, if you're preaching this, if you're preaching in this part of scripture, as they, as they kind of unpack the, 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 the redemptive, uh, redemptive history, the story there, they'll stop along the way and say, hey, if, you're, if you just are, are preaching on this book or in this section of, of scripture, here's some, th- some ways you can bring in biblical theology into your preaching. And so I, I think that book is worth the price just for those little snippets. They pause every five or six pages to, to give you that. Um, Goldsworthy is, is a good one to start with. Um, Michael Lawrence has a little book, Biblical Theology, uh, I think, and in, in the Life of the Church. And so if mm, we're wondering, sounds right. is this, um, how does this inform ministry, I think would be a great, um, uh, if, if that's a, if you're a pastor listening and you're wondering, why should I give my time to this? Is there any practical ministry payoff? Um, I'm going to argue there's a lot more than just practical, practical ministry payoff, but um, I think what you just said, though, and, and, and talking about Hamilton um, is really important. I, I see, for instance, you know, we, we, I talk about mission, right? And we're, this is the only religion that says there is a history, that, that history is, is real and that it's going somewhere, that there is a start and a finish to it. It's a powerful, I think, testimony uh, it's it's one of the things that makes Christianity so unique, and then to uh, and so maybe in our witness, helping people today hear the the big reality that they're invited to live in, mm. and I think the church we're being bombarded with all sorts of alternative worldviews and and realities to live in, to say that this is what is real, and and to be able to remind. Um, Christians remind ourselves, no, that's not reality. This story mm. is reality. Yes. I think of the young adults that we host on Sunday nights, my wife and I, um, dating and marriage came up because that, that topic comes up with young adults from time to time. And uh, to be able to say, you know, God's thoughts on marriage aren't just these little disconnected commands telling you you know, who you can sleep with and, um, you know, don't, don't date this kind of person, but it's actually you know, marriage starts in the garden. The Bible mm. starts with a marriage. The Bible ends with a marriage. God talks about our uh, relationship with him in marriage language throughout old and new Testament. Mm. And um, I, so to be able to talk those young adults through that bigger story why marriage exists? Oh, it, oh, it, it's meant to point to Christ in the church. It's, it's, it's meant to give us. A, it's almost like a parable. Right. Uh, we should be able to see marriages, and we fail so often at this. But we, we should. The, the hope is to be able to look at marriages and say, "Oh, that's a little bit like Jesus's love for the church, and that's a little bit like what what we're all headed towards, whether I'm single or or, or married." And so I, I think there's so much. In that that idea of this is the true story of the world. Yes. There's so much ministry. There's, I don't know how I would pastor people without biblical theology. Otherwise, otherwise, I feel like I'm I'm all I can do is give them a verse to obey, which is we should obey. We <laughs> that's a part of our our ethics. But 
Um, I think there's something powerful to this, inviting people into a story, helping them see and believe the real story and live out of it. Really powerful. Oh, I love that, Justin. I want to mention a, a book that came to mind as you're thinking about people situated in our Christian story right now and living in this age, trying to think about these matters that you've mentioned, like marriage. Um, there's a book whose title is all-encompassing. So T.D. Alexander wrote a book called From Eden to the New Jerusalem. Mm. And uh, oh, that, that's just about as all-encompassing as you can get at that point. From Eden to the New Jerusalem. The mm. subtitle an introduction to biblical theology. I remember reading this book some years ago. It's published by Kriegel Academic, and uh, what a blessing this book was. Mm -hmm. Um, It's accessible. It's not a long book, and the treatment of these biblical topics that it brings up is just going to help orient readers to the important task. Uh, Over the years, I've tried to dabble with my own understanding and and ways to summarize what we're trying to get at, and um, in January, I launched a, a Substack newsletter called Biblical Theology. Um, if our listeners are interested in this subject and they're on our podcast listening for those reasons, uh, I'd love for you to check out mitchchase.substack.com, where I'm trying to reflect in writing uh, on this subject of biblical theology. And in, in the beginning of the year, uh, this is an effort I made to try to summarize what we're trying to do. Mm. Um, we're doing biblical theology. When we attentively read and understand a biblical passage or theme in light of the progressive revelation, redemptive historical trajectory, and canonical context of Holy Scripture. And my goal in summarizing it that way is that the task of biblical theology is about attentive and even intensive reading, Mm. but it's with a goal of not losing the context or the trajectory of scripture. We've got a whole canon of text to give us context for a passage. What I want readers to really process is that, uh, and listeners of our podcast to process, is that um, when we're understanding a story in Genesis, for instance, what's the context to understand something like Genesis 3 or Isaac's near sacrifice in uh, Genesis 22? Well, you could say, well, the the immediate context, right? The context of the surrounding chapters, the literary unit of the book, you know, are we in the Abraham stories or are we in, uh, you know, Genesis 1 to 11? There are literary units and context for these passages. I think we could even say that the Torah, the Torah is also a context. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to read Genesis 3 or if I'm going to understand Abraham's near sacrifice of his son, The Torah is a context to help me understand that story because it's what surrounds the book and it's what progressively develops with the revelation of God's own character and redemptive plan. Um, But I I also want to insist on what we've noticed in the definitions we put forward, Justin. We have these names, these scholars who've been so helpful on this subject, and they're talking about the whole story of Scripture to understand the parts in light of the whole. And that means, quite frankly, that the canon is a context. I'm not reading something out of context by looking at it in the whole of God's word. I'm actually, I'm actually looking at the part of scripture or some particular theme in light of the largest context in which I can study any part of God's word. And that is the canonical context of holy revelation. Uh, so this, uh, this emphasis on progressive revelation, a redemptive trajectory, biblical authors using earlier texts. 
you know, biblical theology is interested in these things, isn't it? Um, you have any final thoughts to add in our discussion, Justin? Yeah, I think um, a couple of the ideas we've talked about is there's there's one story, right? And it's the story of, of reality. Um, it's a developing story. Uh, we, we, we learn some things as we go along. But as you just said, sometimes we're able to understand earlier parts from later parts. That's true. But sometimes we also have to rely on uh, if we're in later parts to rely on earlier parts as well. So mm. there is this back and forth dialogue yes. across the canon and it's telling one story. It's a developing story. Um, but, but the, the conversation between texts can go either way. Uh, and so it's a whole, whole canon. Of course, mm. um, I, I think I would, I think you would agree here if the new Testament if Paul in Galatians three is helping me understand Genesis twelve, um, I'm gonna and, and I'm gonna go with Paul's uh, um, interpretation there. I'm not gonna Amen. say, well, you know what? Let's just uh, that's that's forcing the New Testament on the altar. No, no. If we believe as as you as you hit on earlier in the inspiration of Scripture, if we believe that this is God's word. If we believe he knows the end from the beginning, I don't think you can do biblical theology if you don't believe in inspiration, uh, not not the way we're talking about biblical theology. And so, this is a developing story. Uh, we we learn to to read it, to understand it, both by watching how it develops, but also how pieces of it speak um, speak to other pieces along the way. Um, so I'm I'm excited about um, what we're going to do here on the on the podcast and the ground we're going to try to cover in the next few episodes. But um, Mitch, it's been a, a pleasure to talk about what is biblical theology on this episode. I think probably we'll we'll keep clarifying. We'll keep discussing how people talk about it, how people define it, uh, how it's not systematic theology, how historically it's been defined. But now it's how it's practiced by evangelicals. So it's not like we have um, exhausted this, uh, this question, but I think uh, it's been a good start so far. And uh, listeners, we want to thank you for uh, being with us on the journey. And uh, we hope it's been an encouragement. We hope if you've uh, been blessed that you would leave a review and, uh, and share the podcast with those that you know. Deep, deep water. When the sun gets hard, my leaves won't.